welcome to our channel as you take your time to listen to God's word today with us we believe and pray that this sermon will be a blessing for you as well as your family good morning and welcome to Pentecost Sunday you know we are celebrating Pentecost Sunday today and I just want to continue to teach on the Holy Spirit and last week uh, we looked at is the Holy Spirit the most wanted person in your life we talked about the most wanted person and uh, when I was preparing for the sermon I just wanted to just Google most wanted people list and 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 the FBI wanted uh, list just pulled up in my laptop and I immediately shut down like I'm, I don't want anybody to track my IP address and come looking for me so that's that's the first thing that comes up uh, but we looked at it uh, for for all the good reasons you know we all have wanted people most wanted people in our life we also have more not so wanted people in our lives but they're just there uh, and you can't do anything about it and things like that but in our spiritual journey in our spiritual walk uh, the one of the most wanted person in our life is the Holy Spirit can I hear an amen, amen. he's not a it he's not a smoke it's not a spooky thing Holy Spirit is a person everybody say Holy Spirit is a person and that's what the Bible teaches us and that's what we believe and we looked at how important it is to have the person of the Holy Spirit in our lives and how important it is for the person of the Holy Spirit you know to be in us and to work through us and also for us to have an intimate relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit this morning I want to talk to you on the purpose and the power of the Holy Spirit everybody say there is purpose and power I know you're tired but you can do better come on there is purpose and power all right if you're here with us for the for, for the first time and if you're worshiping with us we are a talk back church you, you get you get what I'm saying we are a talk back church so as I am talking you can say something back to me you can talk back all right you can say amen pastor you can say preach it pastor you can say that's for me pastor you can say that's for my husband pastor whatever you want to say all right you can talk back the more you talk to me the faster I talk the faster I talk the sooner you go for lunch can we have a deal okay before we go into the purpose and power of the Holy Spirit I want to give a little bit of context on Pentecost many of us who grew up especially in India and if you grew up especially in South India when you hear the word Pentecost or Pentecostal there are a lot of things that comes to your mind and Holy Spirit comes last because we have created Pentecost or Pentecostal belief to be a, a denomination and not about a real experience that is more than a denomination. Are you with me? Pentecostalism is not just a denomination because if Pentecostalism is all about just a denomination, then Pentecostals are claiming that Holy Spirit only belongs to us. Does the Holy Spirit only belong to Pentecostals? Okay, nobody wants to talk back. I had a deal with you. If, does the Holy Spirit belong only to the Pentecostals? No. 
good. That's a better no. He, he is a person and he belongs to everybody. But in our context, we have kind of, you know, added a lot of elements to the Pentecost. Pentecost Pentecostal people are loud people. There is another name for Pentecostal people. Anybody know the name for Pentecostal? Another name for? Alleluia people. Today, no Pentecostal church says Alleluia. You have to beg. You see, every preacher worship, Or Alleluia. One more Alleluia. Two more Alleluia. They have to beg. You know why we are so deeply affected by that name? You are calling us Alleluia people. We, hereafter, we won't say Alleluia in church. We want to change our reputation. So now pastors and worship leaders are one more, one more, and they have to get it. That's another name. There's another myth about the Pentecostals that they're always loud and they're always just about the spirit. They don't use their brains because they only go with feelings. You know that? They, you can't talk theology with Pentecostals. They don't know the word. You know, they would just, you know, whatever it is, if they don't know anything, they'll just start singing Avianavare. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot more, but let me not go into it. There's one more thing. White. If you wear white, not just white. White and white. <laughs> and white handkerchief. It all has to be white. Then you are a Pentecostal. There's a lot of myths that is around this whole denominational talks. But my goodness, let me tell you something. If a color can stop the Holy Spirit, then what have we turned the Holy Spirit into? If noise can determine the power of the Holy Spirit, what have we turned the person of the Holy Spirit into? It's not about the noise. It's not about the color. It's about the true work of the Holy Spirit. Charles Spurgeon says this, when you truly feel the Holy Spirit, you will be dumbstruck. You will have no words. If you are experiencing the peak of the Holy Spirit, you will be dumbstruck. In other words, he says, in the message version, he says, you will zip it and you will receive it. That's the peak of, of the depth of the presence of God because all, He is a convincing spirit and all He does is changes things in our life that we cannot change. Can I hear an amen? Today is Pentecost Sunday. You're allowed to say hallelujah, okay? Anybody wearing white? No, okay. Except Shaban. Hey, Bishop. And Emmanuel, Apostle. <laughs> but Holy Spirit is beyond all that. I want us to understand, I don't know what denomination you grew up in, what background you grew up in, what you've been taught, but we need to understand truly what the Holy Spirit is and truly what Pentecost is. Because Pentecost is an experience that you can have. And Pentecost is an experience that God has for everybody. When you claim all the promises in the Bible, don't leave out the Holy Spirit. Hello? 
We all claim promises in the Bible, right? Holy Spirit is also a promise to you. Holy Spirit is also a promise to you. We claim all the promises, but when it comes to the Holy Spirit, we are just not too sure of how He would work and what if you could have or if you're allowed to have it because of so many things that has been put into your mind. But let me tell you something, without of the whole work of the Holy Spirit in your life, you and I will not be sitting here this morning. You and I will not be able to claim the name of Jesus because it is the work of the Holy Spirit that convicted you from your sin. Whoever wakes up and says, I am a sinner, our mind is fabricated in such a way that we find excuse after excuse after excuse to justify our actions. That's how we are wired. Even a newborn baby tries to justify its action because what it seems to be right for the baby is right for the baby. That's how sin has wired us. But unless the Holy Spirit comes into your conscience, unless the Holy Spirit comes into your heart, you will never realize that you are a sinner who needs a savior. That is the experience of the Pentecost. Usually when we talk about the day of Pentecost, it all starts in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. It says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come. Has anyone done any research on what does it mean for the day of Pentecost to fully come? The day, when the day of Pentecost had fully come. I want to explain on this because this will give you the context of why we celebrate the Holy Spirit and why Holy Spirit is so important and truly what Pentecost means. Alright, are you ready? Okay, are you ready? Yes. Are you ready church? Yes. Alright, let's get to work. Now, I want us to look at three major holidays of the Jews. I want to explain to you three major holidays of the Jews and what we are going to do is that how these holidays are still relevant and how these holidays we still practice as Christians because Jesus came to fulfill the Old Testament law and not to just delete it. Are you with me? So we are going to draw some, combi uh, some parallels between these three holidays, major holidays of the Jews and how it is now reflected in the New Testament and how it is now influencing our lives. So when I explain this to you, you will be able to understand the context of the Pentecost. Here's the first holiday that the Jews, it's a really important holiday for them. If anyone knows, you can shout out. Passover. The Passover. The Passover is nothing but is a celebration of the Hebrew nation coming out of slavery from Egypt. You know the 10th plague of the male child dying and God says put the blood of the lamb, the sacrificial blood of the lamb uh, to be put on the door front so that the death angel, when, when, when the angel comes he sees the blood that has been sacrificed and it's put on the doorpost, he will pass over. The angel of death will not enter into the house of the people who are in covenant with Yahweh God. So everybody who had the Passover experience are the leftover Jews. Are you with me? Because everybody else were dead. 
the second generation or the third generation of Jews were the ones who experienced the Passover. So they celebrate the Passover like anything. So every year when they have the Passover, this is what they do. At 9 a.m. on Passover day, they will sacrifice a lamb to remember the sacrifice that their forefathers did and the death angel passed over and because of that their generation was exempted and now they celebrate the freedom that they have received through God the mercy of Yahweh God so they sacrifice a lamb every year and they do it at 9 a.m. then what happens is the is the most amazing part the lamb is then put inside the oven at 3 p.m. ah All the wives are like, who doesn't have oven at home? Let's buy an oven. It is biblical to have an oven. We need to celebrate Passover and also bake some cake. So what it represents is that when, when the lamb was put in the oven at 3 p.m., it represented that it covered the sins of Israel. It's covered. God does not remember it now if you fast forward it into new testament you'll see that jesus died on the day of passover and you know what happened jesus was nailed to the cross at 9 a.m and he was laid inside the tomb at 3 p.m the same thing that the Jewish people were doing all through their lives as Passover, having a lamb sacrificed every year. But that year was a special year because there was an ultimate sacrifice that was paid on the cross. That was Jesus. And he was put into the tomb at 3 p.m. And his sacrifice did not cover our sins. It removed our sins. So what Passover meant for Old Testament people is that, that they received freedom. But in New Testament, what Passover means for us is that we have received eternal redemption and salvation. Come on, somebody say amen. If you're excited about Passover, every day, every year when you are you know when you remember the day that you were saved anybody remember the day that you were saved that you gave your life to jesus and if you have a salvation anniversary yes. good that's good that's really important to know that if you don't remember go back and get saved i'm joking all right remember that and what you're remembering is the day of your salvation the day of what jesus christ has done for us 1 corinthians 5 7 it says for indeed our passover was sacrificed for us paul is writing to the corinthian church corinthian church was filled with jews he knew who he was talking to and he could relate by saying that jesus christ is your passover lamb for a jew to hear that that's a big thing it's not an easy thing it's a big thing so Passover is not just a freedom, day of freedom for us. It's a day of eternal redemption. It's a day of salvation, which means that you will not be prisoned again. You understand that? Salvation is eternal. Freedom 
you can be locked again i am free for now until some other country invades us so every peace talk and all these councils is to keep and maintain our freedom but you and i in our spiritual walk with god our spiritual our 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 human our uh, our spirit man is not just experiencing freedom it is experiencing salvation salvation is eternal until you see jesus face to face you're in the process of your salvation and you're walking in your salvation every day that's why ephesians 2 8 and 9 it says by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves and it is the gift of god not your works lest anyone should boast so it's a gift of god so passover is the day of our salvation and that's something we need to remember and that's something we need to celebrate here's the second holiday are you ready second holiday that every jew celebrates is the day of pentecost what is the day of pentecost pentecost did not happen in new testament that's why in acts 2:1 it says when the day of pentecost had fully come it means that 50 days after the passover comes the festival of pentecost which means 7 weeks after easter you go check our english calendars every year 7 weeks after easter is today pentecost sunday so 7 shows the fullness perfection of god and and in the old testament the day of pentecost what happened on the day of pentecost in the old testament what are they celebrating anybody knows It's the day when Moses received the law from God in Mount Sinai. That's the day. So Passover, 50 days after the Passover, Moses receives the law through a supernatural inscription of God's word onto a tablet. This is what happens. You go home, you can read Exodus chapter 32 verses 26 to 28. Lot of you are writing notes. Those of you who are not writing notes, you think you are iPad, but you are not an iPad. So pick a book or a paper or a pen, write these things down so that it will help you. All right? This is what happened in Exodus chapter 32. You can go home and read it. On the day of Pentecost, 50 days from Passover, cloud descended with noise and fire in exodus and you see that god's law on mount sinai god's law was written on the tablets the 10 commandments moses is receiving it and while that was happening 3000 people died because they worshiped the golden calf anybody remembers that here's moses in mount sinai having a you know heart and soul time absolutely encounter with god he couldn't even face god god is so powerful and for the very first time god is putting his words into the hand of a man that's the very first time he's putting his law he's putting his word into the hand of the man there was clouds there was wind there was fire there was noise the mountain was trembling and right at the bottom of it 3000 people are dying because they worshiped the calf instead of Yahweh God fast forward in acts chapter 2 on the same day 50 days of passover what is happening is the holy spirit how did the holy spirit descend on uh, on his people he descended with loud noise 
and fire. Same thing that happened on Mount Sinai, but now they're experiencing it on the upper room. On the upper room. With loud noise and with fire. And this time, God wrote his law in the hearts of people. He's putting the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was working externally and internally in Acts chapter 2, we see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and we see the Holy Spirit coming and dwelling in people. So what Moses was carrying was a law. But what Holy Spirit gave to you and I, the new covenant believers, is that His word became flesh, made its dwelling in us through the Spirit. So what you're carrying is not, you know, uh, is, you're not just any person. You're carrying God's presence. Everybody say, I am a presence carrier. You all sound like you are a hungry carrier. Can we try that again? I am a presence carrier. Amen. And watch this. In Exodus, 3,000 people died. But in Acts chapter 2, at the end of the chapter, you see 3,000 people got saved. In the Old Testament, they lost because they worshipped something else without worshipping Jesus, without worshipping Yahweh God. But in the New Testament, God redeemed 3,000 people into his kingdom. Into his kingdom. Pentecost experience. It's not a denominational thing. It is from external to internal move of God. It's an external to internal experience. Here's the third holiday. The third holiday is the holiday, anybody knows? So first one is holiday of Passover. Second one is holiday of Pentecost. Third one is the holiday of Tabernacles. Alright, it's the Feast of Tabernacles, the Festival of Tabernacles. The reason why the Jewish people celebrated the Feast of the Tabernacles or the Festival of Tabernacles is because they started worshipping God by saying, we were once wanderers. We did not have our own nation. But now God has led us into our promised land. For the Lord who called us out of Egypt, He established us in the promised land. So in order to celebrate the establishment of God's people, they celebrate the feast of the tabernacles. Are you with me? Are you with me? How does this relate to you and I? We also celebrate the Feast of the Tabernacle. You and I, we are wanderers and we are just passing by this earth. None of us are settlers in this earth. No matter how much you try to settle. And it's such an ironic word, you know that? Such an ironic word. For, for, for us as Christ followers, they ask, what do you mean by that? Well, can you please, honestly, Tamil Nadu people, we need to redefine that word, guys. They don't ask you, when are you getting married? You might as well ask that. When are you getting settled? That has so many things. Basically, they're trying to tell you you're jobless. 
when are you going to eat out of your own money <laughs> or when are you moving out <laughs> or when are you getting married or you know which girl will marry you it can be anything but so decently they will ask so when are you getting settled but only those who have gone through the seasons of so called settlement know that life has no settlement but they have created this you know image oh you get a job you will feel settled no you don't feel settled you only want more once you're settled you get a job and then you start thinking, oh my goodness everybody is getting promotion i need a promotion you're not settled then after going to that post you realize somebody else is higher than you then somebody else is higher you're always wanting you never settled your heart is never settled you think having a wife having a husband is going to settle oh it doesn't settle you just having a companion it doesn't settles you it exposes you everybody thinks marriage settles you no it doesn't it exposes you somebody else gets to know you you're good bad and the ugly you are exposed my friends single people <laughs> pray harder <laughs> do you really want to no i'm joking you, our heart is deceptive the point is that you are never settled in this world hey then 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 you say oh you know what i have a job i have a wife i have children but maybe if i build my own house then i feel settled no you don't because after you build your own house you got loan no they'll call you sir epa settlement when are you settling sir sir loan settle sir sir set loan who are you settling nothing gets settled we do so many things for the world that does not let you settle can i hear amen for that because we can't whatever that you try to do you talk to the richest person you talk to the poor person you talk to the middle uh, middle class people you talk to upper middle class people anybody you talk to nobody feels settled especially if you are a follower of christ you're not meant to feel settled because this earth is just passing by but while you are here god has given you provision to establish his kingdom and take and advance his gospel so everything that is giving you is an advancement for the sake of the gospel here on earth until he comes back so our two true eternal home our settlement is when we enter into the glory with jesus christ so if you are looking for lifetime settlement please wait for the second coming of jesus even when you die they don't let you die in yeah I have been to funerals where the funerals have been delayed because some payments had to be made before that person goes under the ground. I have been in funerals where bargains have happened and we had to be the peacemakers. And the wife is going, "Oh, I did not know. I did not know so many things happening." They won't even let you die in peace or being buried in peace until you settle. That's the world we live in. 
that's the world we live in so don't be fooled by the images that world has created don't be fooled by the things this world is giving whatever blessing that god is giving you be faithful in that steward it well but don't put your heart in it are you with me are you with me the home the house the money the job your children everything remember you are not the owner you are a good steward of what god has given you everything belongs to the lord and the main thing that you need to understand is that your heart needs to be settled with jesus so you got to wait for the second coming of jesus that's our tabernacle so our feast of tabernacle will be fulfilled on the day when jesus comes back three holidays are you able to now understand pentecost church are you with me yeah now this is not the, that was my introduction guys by the way just just telling you all right three major holidays passover okay exam tomorrow next week okay how do i know if i am living in the purpose of the holy spirit now you understood the the context of where pentecost came from and all these three important milestones are still happening in our life through the work of the gospel still many people need to be saved still many people need to meet the holy spirit and allow the holy spirit to work in their life and still many people are waiting to see jesus face to face so this is cons- constantly happening in this world right now and that is the advancement of god's work but while you and i are living in the work of the gospel around us and also the gospel is working in us don't think that the gospel is only for the unsaved the gospel is also for those who are saved the same gospel that saved you is the same gospel that is helping you to follow jesus so how can you follow jesus by understanding the purpose of the holy spirit in your life and the power that the holy spirit gives you when he comes upon you the purpose of the holy spirit how do you know if you're living in the purposes of the holy spirit here's a some quick points the holy spirit will always lead you into the spirit of truth holy spirit is not a person of confusion many people claim holy spirit said this and they cause confusion holy spirit is not a person of confusion but rather he is the spirit of truth he will always remind you the truth about jesus so in every situation when you're walking in your everyday life is the holy spirit reminding you the truth about jesus and who you are in christ jesus if you're often forgetting who you are in christ jesus then maybe our hearts are deceived and we are not led by the spirit but we are led by the flesh the purpose of the holy spirit is to remind you about the truth of who jesus is here's the second purpose of the holy spirit the purpose of the holy spirit is to glorify jesus through your lives first thing is to help you walk in truth second thing is to glorify jesus you and i are the living glory of christ here on earth that is why jesus is teaching us pray do your will as it is in here on earth as it is in heaven which means that you and i we are called to reflect the glory of god in our everyday lives which means that you should not allow anything into your life that crumbles the glory of god that crumbles the glory of god the centrality of the truth 
is that Jesus has to be glorified in and through your life. So if you are trying to make a Holy Spirit driven decision for your life, for your family, that decision will bring glory to God. Not glory to your own name. Not you know, glory to your own fame or your family or, or this and that. The only thing that you will be bothered in your heart is when you're living in the spirit, the only thing you'll be worried about is, is, am I bringing glory to Jesus? Here's the third thing. The Holy Spirit sustains your love for Christ. Here's the third purpose of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps you to sustain your love for Christ because God's love, Christ's love for us, perfect. Our love for Christ, have you seen ECG machine? Have you seen ECG graph? And if we have to put an ECG tracker on our love for Christ, it will go... Sometimes like... For a very long time. And then somewhere... You got to understand that the Holy Spirit's role in your life is so important because He is the one who's helping you to even love Jesus. You know why? It's actually hard for us to love God because our human nature loves ourselves too much. That's our human nature. So that's why Paul writes if you. If you live by the Spirit, everything that flows out of you will be of the Spirit. If you don't live by the Spirit, then everything that you have is the flesh. You're not gaining flesh, you're already in your flesh. But we need to gain the Spirit to help us overcome the flesh. Because the moment you let go of the Holy Spirit, all you think about is me, mine, I. Because naturally, we are self-centered people. When somebody slaps you, naturally you want to, don't you ever say forgive. Your first response is, <clears throat> your first response is to give something back. And there's a lot of battle with words. Today it's not, it's not just physical, it's a lot of battle with words and pride and, 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 and so many ego-centered aspects. When your life is full of ego, what are you doing? You're edging God out of your life. You're edging God out of your life. That's your ego. So we are naturally created in such a way that our sin makes us self-centered. Do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? That's what is driving our mind constantly. And you need the Holy Spirit to overcome that. And help you to love Jesus. Philippians 3.3 says, For we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit, who rejoices in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the what? In the flesh. Don't have any confidence in your own strength. No confidence in your own flesh. No confidence in your own ability. Don't put your confidence in all the physical matters of this world. But your confidence comes from a 
part of your life that nobody else can understand but only God can understand and that part of your life is managed by the holy spirit and whatever flows out of the spirit nobody can control it nobody can control it try to live such a life spirit driven jobs spirit driven teaching spirit driven ministry spirit driven business spirit driven missionaries spirit driven doctors imagine when we truly live spirit driven i have seen spirit driven footballers they are there if you want to know more information talk to emmanuel there are people in the field who's not just putting their confidence in their abilities but they want to bring glory to jesus there are some good christian god centered people are you one of them here's the fourth thing the purpose of the holy spirit resting on us as a spirit of glory god wants to rest the holy spirit wants to be on us as a spirit of glory what does this mean sin will trap you into guilt every day you wake up with guilt you know that every day you wake up with guilt your phone makes you feel guilty or you i snooze the alarm four times i'm waking up late today also you wake up with all those who are quiet i know sin will trap you into guilt simple things traps us into guilt it takes our mind back to the place of prison guilt but the grace takes you into the throne room of god this is why when the holy spirit comes and rests on you he glorifies jesus in and through your life and he reminds you that you are not living under the guilt but you are living under grace so when you walk into the throne room of god you walk into the presence of god and his glory is revealed unto us every day you see a new dimension of god's glory over your life you see a new dimension of god's uh, work over your life and that is super important the holy spirit is the seed of our conviction and repentance if you need to live under the grace then you need to keep reminding yourself that you need to repent every day and you have to live under the conviction of the holy spirit here's the fifth thing holy spirit the purpose of the holy spirit is to clear your doubts and assure you are you with me can i hear an amen holy spirit is there to clear your doubts and is there to assure you when i was uh, when i went to my bible college first year of bible college i did not know much i went through the first year but then at the end of the first year you know you kind of like dip in surface level and then it brings up a lot of doubts second year more doubts third year even lot of doubts i graduated so i was talking when i was doing my masters and i was talking to a couple of my friends they're like guys have you ever felt that you came with few questions and you graduated with a lot of questions and everybody was like yeah man we feel the same but what education did was to help us ponder the truth 
genuinely from our hearts not just believe because your, your dad and mom believed it not because you believe because you go to a, a church that believes in these things so you also believe no 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 you can question about god you can question but one thing we were always careful that we did not question god himself that's the fine line between questioning about god and questioning god so my professor asked me this simple question so are you questioning god or are you questioning about god i said i said i've got questions about god I'm not questioning god I said that you're good to go you're good to go you will find the holy spirit leading you as you walk with him so a lot of things that i learned theologically and i got head knowledge the holy spirit start to give me experience as i started walking with him as i started trusting him as i added faith to theology as i allowed the holy spirit to teach me on field on job as i planted a church as i'm still leading the church there are still so many things i'm learning every day about church about god about myself about all of you i am learning so are you you might have doubts but let me assure you the holy spirit has the answers don't doubt god but if you have doubt about certain things the holy spirit will assure you from his word from his word he will clear your doubts he will protect your faith he will protect your faith you will not walk away because of your questions from god you will walk away you walk into god because you are exploring and you're thirsty and you want to know more that's what the holy spirit does here's the sixth purpose holy spirit will teach you oh we all need this the holy spirit will teach you what to say ooh mark 13:11 it says when they arrest you and deliver you up do not worry beforehand or premeditate what you will speak but whatever is given to you in that hour speak that for it is not who you speak but the holy spirit now don't try this in your job interview or maybe you can this particular verse has a context and is written in the context of being empowered to preach the gospel when you meet people when you're sharing about Jesus you can't go with premeditated ideas sometimes you just get there and the holy spirit says something and you just speak you just speak sometimes god has given you knowledge about certain things and he reminds you from the word and reminds you from the knowledge and you speak but whatever you need to say can you give your tongue to the holy spirit everybody said few points before i have a spirit controlled heart but if you want to sustain your spirit controlled heart you need a spirit controlled tongue can you take a minute and everybody pray lord may my tongue be a spirit controlled tongue in jesus name your 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 tongue has not does not have brain you have brains so what we need for your tongue to be spirit controlled 
is for your mind to be spirit filled when your mind is spirit filled your tongue is automatically controlled by the spirit because what you think is what you speak the fullness of the heart the mouth speaks so what is filled in your heart is it spirit led stuff or is it flesh and finally the seventh thing is the holy spirit helps you to experience the fullness of trinity that's the purpose of the holy spirit he helps you to experience god the father god the son and god the holy spirit when you go home read 1 corinthians 13 and 14 paul beautifully explains this experience the fullness of trinity now that you've understood what is the purpose of the holy spirit seven things i taught i taught you the spirit of truth glorifying jesus the spirit sustains your love for christ the spirit rests on you as a spirit of glory so that you will not live under guilt but you live under the grace which brings glory to you to the name of jesus fifth is the holy spirit clears your doubts and assures you the holy spirit will teach you what to say and the holy spirit helps you to experience the fullness of his trinity so as you understand the purpose of the holy spirit what we need to do is to start living in the power of the holy spirit now that you know that your life is aligned with the purpose so anything that you do make sure your that's your checklist there that's your the seven purposes of the holy spirit that's your checklist if you're doing something that is outside this purpose then that thing is not spirit led is flesh led that's your checklist right there there is lot more but i've given you only seven that's a good start all right that's a good place to start but as you live in the purpose of the holy spirit let me also urge you to live under the power of the holy spirit how can you live under the power of the holy spirit here's number 1 focus on a spirit filled word without word you cannot operate in the spirit number 2 be careful in what you hear and be careful in what you believe not everything that is said in spiritual tone is spiritual goes back to the first point if you know the word you know what is spirit led because the holy spirit will never contradict himself with the word of god so you need to be careful to what you're listening you need to be careful to what you are believing because your faith is built through hearing and believing how is your faith built your faith is built through hearing and believing if you are hearing everything and if you are believing everything then you are believing something believe in jesus hear what the bible says and believe what the holy spirit leads you to believe and here's the third one seek him with obedience if you want to live in the power of the holy spirit the first place the holy spirit starts before he manifests his power is he gets you on your knees hey that's the part i don't like i like jumping faster i like rolling on the floor i like a take off and landing i like a concert holy spirit concert that's the kind of power i want to see no 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 the first thing that the power of the holy spirit does is that he bends your knees he brings your life to a place of obedience which means that everything that you are rebelling against god 
you can try you will not go far check the bible again those who tried did not succeed at some point he will just bend your knees he will sometimes just call you come that time it's easier but sometimes he will just come and pop on your ankle and then you bend a little and you try no 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 i'm not going to do it the harder you push the holy spirit loves you so much that when the power of the spirit works in your life it becomes out of your control the only thing you can do is surrender 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 to god so god is probably talking to you about some things he's revealing some things to you and all you need to do is obey and do it immediately do it immediately obedience has a time frame and the time frame is now the time frame is now because this is what the god's lord says if not now then when in order to experience the power of the holy spirit here's number 4 stay thirsty never think you have it all never think you have no it all even if you can ser- serve god as a pastor or as a missionary or as something something for the next 500 years or even 1000 years of your life you don't know it all you don't know it all you don't know it all thirst for the spirit john 7 37 38 39 say on the last day the great day of the feast jesus stood and cried out saying if anyone thirsts let him come to me and drink he who believes in me as the scripture has said out of his heart will flow rivers of living water but this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive for the holy spirit was not yet given because jesus was not yet glorified so it is clear here that the holy spirit was not yet poured out into the believers but he was doing his external work but until jesus was glorified but after jesus was resurrected and glorified then he as he promised the spirit of the god came and poured out into his people and he is continuing to pour out stay thirsty stay thirsty four ways you can live in the power of the holy spirit number 1 focus on a spirit filled word number 2 be careful in what you hear and what you believe number 3 seek him with obedience and number 4 always be thirsty because god is doing something more thank you for listening to our sermon today we hope that it was a blessing for you as well as your family If you would like to support our ministry, you can do so by visiting kingcitychurch.org/give. And if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, please subscribe and hit the bell icon to be notified on our upcoming sermon. We hope to see you next week with another inspiring sermon. Until then, God bless you all.